Jake Warner was at the control. So sit back, relax, and check this joint out right here. Jake! Yo! Okay, here we go. So good to be back. This podcast is for the people. No, nobody knows who I am. Jake! Live from the Big Brother Bungalow in Southern California. Ready to talk a bunch of nonsense with you. I can't stand them. It's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Yo, what's good, y'all? It's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. I am your host, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner. My government name. Welcome to the show. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud.com slash The Big Brother Jake Podcast. You can also tune in to iTunes or Google Play or Spotify or TuneIn or iHeartRadio. And in the key search, type in The Big Brother Jake Podcast. Boom, you're in there. You could also, if you have like a Roku Smart TV, they have the iHeartRadio app there. You can listen to the podcast on TV. Found that out the other night. Man, I was like, what? You know, so you can do that too. Any smart TV that has the iHeartRadio app, you can listen to the Big Brother Jake podcast on your TV. So technically, the podcast is on TV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Man, look, I know I'm reaching, but what the hell? It's really good, good to be back here. Whoa, <clears throat> puberty just struck. Sorry. Really good to be back on the Big Brother Jake podcast doing my thing. Um, I'm upbeat today. Uh, feeling very blessed. Feeling very happy. Um, if you've noticed, I have not done a podcast in quite a while. Um, but I do want to thank my daughters for coming on the Big Brother Jake podcast, Kendra and Savannah. Um, they got to be stars for a little bit, they say. <laughs> to me, it was an easy guest to get because, you know, cheap labor. But in between then and now, I've kind of gone through some issues, so to speak. Um, there's a lot going on with this coronavirus stuff and it weighs on you. And I think for the most part, I've held up very well and I hope you are too. Yes, it's frustrating the things we can't do. We can discuss that over and over again. But in the midst of the coronavirus, I hit some snags personally with, uh, one event that's going on in my life. Sorry, that clearing out my throat. And that's not going as planned. But also, and I think I've said it on a podcast before, I get these really, really, really bad blood infections. And they're like, man, let me tell you, I can't do anything once I get them. I can't move. I can't walk around. I can't do anything that requires any kind of like physical exertion. Like I can't do anything and it cripples me pretty bad. And I've had to go to the hospital for it three times in the last week. And it's really, really, really starting to get to me because there's no cure for what I have. And I've explained it to dozens of doctors. I've explained it to friends and family, you know, oh, it's, cellulitis all it's this it's all whatever and i'm not doing this to have you feel sorry for me or any of those things there's there's a reason why i'm bringing this up before i bring out my main point um so in the midst of all that couple last night as i record this so on saturday the 25th i went to the er for the second time i could barely drive there 
But when, you know, you live alone, you don't have anybody that could take you. Everybody's under quarantine. I had to go under a quarantine for a minor surgical procedure, I guess you could call it. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, as a result of my blood infection, I had a, a minor, you know, um, I had some things removed. And my blood is not well. And I don't know why. And a lot of this is caused by sometimes stress. Sometimes the body's just, you know, once you're doing something out of the ordinary that you haven't done in a while, like exercise, it reappears. And nonetheless, I don't want to bore you with all those details, but I was in bad shape and I couldn't do anything. And some people I know are like, well, don't talk about that. No, if I'm going to tell you about everything, I'm going to tell you about everything. That's, that's just how I am. And in the midst of it, I haven't really taken care of myself because here's the thing. I don't care how much you know your body. I don't care how much you know right or wrong. There's a piece of everybody that feels immortal or it won't happen to me. And I haven't taken certain things seriously. Um, I am a type 2 diabetic, and I've really been on a healthy kick lately. Um, like I said, during this pandemic, I've lost now 12 pounds, and a lot of my old shirts are fitting, and a lot of my old shorts are like starting to you know sag, and I need a belt for them. And so I'm losing the weight, and I'm doing everything right. But I had one day where I kind of binged on some juice and a whole bunch of fruit smoothies, like two 20-ounce fruit smoothies, um, so orange juice, uh, uh, apple juice, and very little water. And I was vomiting nonstop, and I couldn't figure out why. And I thought it was the medication I was on for the blood uh, infection and all that stuff. Well, when I went to the emergency room, I begged them to give me a blood test and find out what's wrong with me. And some levels were off because of the blood infection, you know, but a lot of my levels were off because of my type 2 diabetes. And my blood sugar was extremely high and close to being lethal, close to being admitted to the hospital. And that's when I realized this is my second wake-up call because the first time was when I got it in May of 2013, I believe it was. And I dropped 50 pounds that fast. And progressively, I gained it back because I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'm losing weight. I'm eating good. I can sneak in a regular Coke there. I can sneak in a cookie here, you know, do that kind of stuff. And I got worse. Then this kicks in, can't go home because of my blood infection. And I took a COVID-19 test, which tested negative. They ask you to quarantine yourself and I'm high risk because of the procedure with my leg and all this other stuff they had to do. So feeling like, damn, I can't go nowhere, can't do nothing, can't exercise, can't ride my brand new bike I just got. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to just... Enjoy the things I like to enjoy. And I got violently sick. Like, 
throwing up, <laughs> headaches, nausea, and it was my blood sugar. Now, I have a lot of good people close to me, and this is going to get a little sappy, so I'm sorry. But when you don't live with anyone, when you live alone, you will tend to tug on the ear of the people that are the most closest to you. And it's like, it was ad nauseum. Uh, there's people that have day-to-day life going on with their own problems, and they still took the time for me, and I felt like I was taking up too much of their time, but they were too nice to tell me. And it's several people. <laughs> and, you know, because I'm, like, not feeling well, and, you know, some people that I know are experts in medical stuff, and they're just like, well, what's this mean if I have this? What's this mean if I have that? And... You got to realize that at some point, you can't just keep tugging on people's ears. You know, I mean, it's it's great when you check up on people you haven't talked to in a while, especially with this pandemic going on and everything else. But there comes a time the person that's always asking for help has to be accountable for what they do. So when I'm telling them all this blood infection, blood infection, hospital, blah, 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 and they're concerned. And then I tell them, man, my diabetes is out of control. You know, and they're all sweet, all of them. Everybody's like, dude, you got to take care of yourself, Jake. You know, you're up late. You don't care about getting rest. You don't get proper rest. You don't do the things you need to do to get well. And it's a wake-up call. Because I've already worn people's ears out. (laughs) And I've already not taken the proper precautions. And on top of having some weird autoimmune disease that Nobody can find a cure for. It's rough right now. For everybody. And as a lesson to everybody that's listening to the podcast, you're not the only one going through it. Yes, and I know a couple episodes back I said, well, people don't validate it. But it's true. People got real life issues. And because you're alone and you can't see your kids because of quarantine and all that stuff, they can't stop or drop everything they're doing to talk to you. And um, I had to realize that, you know, like hitting up my mom, hitting up my close friends. It's like, hey, I got this. And like, yeah, Jake, yeah, um, I'm also going through X, Y, Z. And you got to realize that. And I feel bad. And I'm putting it out there <laughs> to all my close friends and my family. I apologize for being such a, hey, man, I need to talk to you guy lately because I've been on such a high with the so many things that have happened great in my life. I just turned 44, I'm losing weight, got promotion at work, got iHeartRadio on board with the podcast. And then, you know, just kind of went to this place like, oh, man, I don't deserve any of this. But indeed, I was working too hard. Oh, and put out an album. Put out an album. The Little Five Quarantine Sessions. If you can check that out on SoundCloud.com slash big dash brother dash Jake. Cheap plug. But those are the things that I was working on to exertion. Falling asleep while the editing software is running. Killing myself, trying to ride a creative wave. Trying to get everyone's attention. Hey, yo, validate my album I just put out. Validate the three podcasts I put out in a row. Validate, you know, all the 
hosting Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast. All this great stuff I got to do in like a three-week period. And I wanted to be validated. Like, yo, your boy done did this, done did that. Without trying to come across as conceited or bragging. And people showed the love. But I had my moments where I was like, man, nobody cares, man. So I was trying to go harder. And the thing is, when you're in your own head, you create some of the biggest fucking problems that you don't have to do. Like, it's not there. It's not your reality. You may think that you're bugging the hell out of somebody and you, you know, and they don't talk to you for a couple days. And then you're like, oh, man, they don't they don't care about me no more. And that's not the case. People are going through their own things. So my lesson is before you ask a good friend or family member to vent, make sure they have the mental capacity to deal with you. That's my problem. <laughs> P-Dub can tell you so many times where I'm like, yo, I got to talk to you, dog. Check it out. Boom, 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 boom. And he'll just be like, boom, 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 boom. I got to process this. Once, you know, I can't do it right now. And then I get mad. Like, man, what the hell? I thought you were my boy. It happens. And um, I know there's a lot going on in people's lives. But be mindful. It's a critical time. And yes, we all want to go to the beach. We all want to have fun. We all want to do all these great things. But we got to follow rules and we got to make sure everything's okay before we can go out and get back to a new normal, but a normal nonetheless. And take it from somebody that's been selfish to a lot of people that he, you know, that I love and care about with all my heart. I apologize, and I shouldn't do that. And I'm hoping that somebody learns from this. You know, it, and now I see the other side of you're not the only one going through this. It's a tough time, y'all. We all want to go to the bar and have margaritas and tacos. We all want to go to the beach. We all want to go, you know, to the barber and get our hair done. Which, by the way, I've grown a full head of hair and a gray beard. It's pretty gross. I might post a picture. Might delete it. I don't know. <laughs> But we're all going through it. So a lot of what we have to do is just put put our big boy pants on or our big girl chonies on and deal with it. Because take it from somebody that had 70 to 80 hour work weeks. I didn't have to deal with a lot of stuff I was going through. And I'm being open right now. You know I do this. And some people are like, here he goes. Some people are like, maybe I can learn from it. Either way, you're going to hear me. What this pandemic has done for me personally has allowed me to see my flaws a lot more than I did and deal with a lot of realities that I was suppressing because I was on a freeway in an arena, in a studio working, or just whatever I was doing. I was doing all those things. And I must say, I'm better for slowing down and learning a lot of the flaws I have and try to fix them. The main important one right now is my health. Keep losing weight, but doing it healthy, eating healthy, eating right, exercising. Then the mental exercising, you know, making sure I'm not overthinking, not in my head about certain things, things of that nature. 
And third is making sure I protect all of my relationships, whether it's my friends, my family, and making sure I don't damage those because of the first two that I'm not taking care of. And maybe it's a good note to everybody that feels that way. Just make sure that you're not overstaying your welcome and you're not going to the well of friendships and begging to be heard or calling them or bothering them. It's the worst feeling in the world. You know, especially with problems that repeat. So, again, this this is a mea copa <laughs> to all the people I love and care about. Um, I'm sorry. I'm human. I'm flawed. <laughs> but I'm also learning a lot about myself throughout this whole pandemic that I didn't realize I was doing. And you top that off with a divorce, and you top that off with health problems, and all the things you're not doing, it's like, damn, it could be overwhelming. And this isn't the feel sorry for me. I'm, I'm really, I'm truly not saying this for pity. I don't want pity. I don't want that kind of attention. Because who, who wants attention that, oh, I'm sick? I'd rather you be like, hey, man, congrats on iHeartRadio. Congrats on, you know, doing the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast thing instead of, Oh, man, I'm here for you if you're going through it. You know, we all go through it, but a lot of people handle it better than I do at times. So I think this is like apology episode number seven. (laughs) And there's more than one person that I'm shouting out apologies to. One of them is the guest you'll hear next segment. Um, For you sports heads, yes, we're doing a little sports right now. My man P-Dub a.k.a. Paul Wilson, is on the podcast, and you'll hear him next segment. Um, The Michael Jordan, or I mean Chicago Bulls documentary, The Last Dance, is on ESPN. And as soon as it, like, showed certain parts, I wasn't even going to have P-Dub on this episode, but he was like, man, I got to go, I got to get on tonight. If you're doing a podcast tonight, I was like, matter of fact, I'm doing one. So you're going to hear him next segment. And he has this... uh, Opinion about that and the Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan, and some uh, (laughs) other things about society right now. So he'll speak his piece about that, and I have no problem giving him the platform for it. But yeah, you know, I think during this pandemic, because I'm so used to working, I was working on albums, podcasts, my regular work for Podcast One, like I was trying to just stay busy to recreate the feeling of I don't have to deal with things. And... My body said, nah, nah, bro, nah. You're going to deal with this divorce. You're going to deal with the way you handle your friends and how you treated them. You're also going to man up. This is your reality now. And now I know more than ever. So to all those that, that have asked about me, asked about the podcast, thank you for checking in on me. Um, a lot of people are like, hey, man, we ain't heard the podcast in a couple weeks. That made me feel good. That made me feel good, but I had to step away, take some time out, and tonight just felt like the night I, I wanted to make this my journal, so to speak. And my really good friend, Jesse Dallas Childs, I'm going to call her out. Shout out to FabulistaCookies.com. Make sure Big Brother Jake sent you. Uh, make sure to tell Jesse Big Brother Jake sent you. You know, she's like, journal this. Journal these feelings so you can remember how you felt. So, you, you know, my thing is I, I get scared to read the bad things that I went through on certain days. 
But it's a reality you got to, you know, face. And I just feel bad. Like, I feel bad how I, in my mind, bug my friends, bug the people I care about and love. Um, just a lot. Just a lot going on. And I got to learn to sometimes just keep it to myself and deal with it. You know, I know people, they love me, and they'll say, hey, no, don't do that. But come on, you got your stuff going on too. So there's my Mia Copa for the day. I hope y'all really keeping strong and getting through this um, crazy time. But um, I'm going to tell you this much, like, I will not say no to the next person that asks me to go hang somewhere. If I say no, it's because I got my kids where I'm working. Other than that, where the hell do y'all want to go? <laughs> Let's have some fun with it, all right? So enough of all that, enough of the lectures, enough of the woe is me when I'm really trying not to do that. I'm just trying to put it out there that I'm sorry. My man, the great P. Dizzle, P-Dub, a.k.a. Paul Wilson, right now. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. All right, so just watch, if for all you sports fans, since there's no sports out there, the one thing that's going on right now, especially for basketball lovers, is a documentary or a miniseries called The Last Dance featuring Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls on their run, their championship run. And this wasn't going to happen today, but my man P-Dub, <laughs> he is fired the hell up over this damn documentary. And I had to have him on because I haven't talked a lot of sports lately, but P, welcome to the show, first of all. Thank you, sir. <laughs> How are you? How are you? I'm feeling good, man. Um... I'm a little disappointed in this documentary, The Last Dance, and some people have called me out like on Twitter saying, oh, it's because you're a Laker fan, oh, it's because you don't like Michael Jordan. I am a Laker fan. I don't like Michael Jordan. Yeah, yes and yes. <laughs> <laughs> but to <Your> me, point. <laughs> to me, this thing was overhyped beyond comprehension, trying to make it sound like there, there's some stuff we don't know about, when in fact, to me... I knew all this stuff before the the series, and I know there's what four more episodes or whatever. Still not thrilled, but P, I want to know why you are disappointed or not disappointed with this series. <laughs> okay, so first of all, they shouldn't call it the last dance; they should call it MJ's last word because <laughs> this is a documentary about Michael Jordan with the Bulls attached to it. I don't. That's me. That's how I'm viewing it. Right. Okay. Okay. And it, and if it wasn't for our current current uh, state, where you know where everybody's kind of homebound, you know, I, yeah, I'm not really sure this would have all the same hype because you're talking about players would be playing. Uh huh. You know, a lot uh -huh. of focus would be on the current game. Right. You know, I mean, so this is right now way bigger than to me than it would have been had nothing happened and we were just going about life and enjoying the same things that we were prior. So that's that's my first point there. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, from a basketball standpoint, because I'm a huge fan, I'm enjoying it. This right. is like, again, same. I'm the same. I'm I'm not going to deny that, you know, I ain't fiending for basketball. So same. anything that brings me back a little bit, especially to my childhood, because this is like during, you know, the, the older games, the older stuff that they're right. showing of mm -hmm. the Bulls and stuff. That's when I was falling in love with basketball. Right. Okay. So 
um, definitely brings me back there. So I'm totally engaged in that. But it's just, I'm just like, <laughs> like, dude, I don't know about anybody else, but I was under the impression that these two episodes were going to be like Dennis Rodman, like all Dennis Rodman. Dude, right. it was like, it was like Dennis Rodman, and then it was like all what Michael Jordan had to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Scotty no, Pippen, the same way. Yeah. Scotty Pippen, and then everything Michael had to say about it. So it was. I was just like, dude. The more and more I'm watching these episodes, the more and more this is like a fucking Michael Jordan documentary. Right. You know what I mean? That I, it is like a Bulls documentary. Right. So and and, and so far, maybe maybe these next four. And I said this about the two episodes this week. Maybe in the next four episodes, they're going to blow the lid off something major. Because yeah, I, 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 I'm not impressed by anything I've seen. I'm entertained, but not like, oh, my well, God. Well, okay. I, let, let's look at it this way. I guess you could look at it this way. Okay. For our, our kids, they know nothing about this. Like, I looked at Joe because we're sitting here watching. You know, we're watching. She's kind of doing some things, but she was glancing over. And she kind of referenced a little bit about the play between them and the Pistons, yes. you know, or whatever. Yes. And I said, I said, yeah, right. You know, I kind of, you know, agreed with her. And then I said, I hope every NBA player right now who is watching this, because I know they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Old and young, whatever. But I hope they all fucking realize when they get back out on the court how much of a pussy league they they. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. How, I, it's true. I mean, even serious, bro. Yeah. No, you should. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm just saying no one should fucking complain about a fucking call ever again. When yes. you watch that game, there was a fucking foul every time down the court. Every time. Every I time. Mean, Jordan got destroyed. Destroyed. Uh, you know what I mean? As much as I wasn't a fan or whatever, but I, I believe me, that guy should have got been at the line all game long. I agree. It, you know, and multiple people probably should have been thrown in that game. <laughs> Fine and suspended, Dude, too. Yeah, it was, you know what I mean? So it's just uh, it's just a crazy to, to watch that and to think, that at some point we're going to go back to threes. <laughs> <laughs> Three-pointer. Yeah, kicks it out again. Three-pointer. I mean, did anybody, realize, did anybody realize that when he dropped all those points at Boston Garden, he didn't shoot a fucking three-pointer? Yeah, it was all, uh, I mean, it was all baseline jumpers. All and, and, baseline, and, and, and all mid-range. Yep. All mid-range yep. game. So I mean. I'll give him props for that much. Yes, yeah. absolutely. You know, playing against God, bring three the mid game back. Yeah, it, it, that's the thing. I think the only person that I see, and no, I'm not being a company man, like you would say, Kawhi Leonard's like the only person I know that shoots mid range jumpers in the, in the league. I don't see anyone else doing it. I don't. Not a lot of people look to get to that spot. I mean, Kobe was the last person that really focused on right. breaking your man down and just getting to the. I mean, if you can't hit something from around the three, the uh, free throw line, what the hell are you doing in the game? What the yeah. hell are you doing playing ball? It's threes that's, and dunks. That's money. That, that's money, dude. And now we see people get to that spot and kick it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Like they don't even look for that jumper. They don't look for the floater or anything. Nope. It's like I'm going to get to this spot, pull the defense in, and then kick it out for a three. You know, And you got to right. hope you're hitting the right dude when you do that. So I don't know, man. It's it's crazy. That's the craziest thing. That's the coolest thing, I guess you could say. Watching this, like, right. man, this I, is. I feel the same this way. Is what I miss. This yep. is, I I enjoy seeing these clips in this game, but it's just like the last dance. Like, no, man, this is Michael Jordan's last word. <laughs> okay, that is one hundred percent true. But what I really want to hit on, because you know, I was like, mm, I, I'm just gonna do a podcast because I haven't done one in a while. And then I get a text from you. And they talk about when they played the Lakers in 1991, 
Oh my god! You know, and that squad. Let's be I hate, honest. Has, I hate every time people bring this game up. I hate it. And, and let, let, let's let's just set this up for a minute, P. Being Laker fans, we are. Lakers had no business being in the finals that year. <laughs> that was a complete, absolute <laughs> fluke. The West like, was. Weak. I mean, they were playing well, but yeah, they were not playing. They're well not finals to well. Be like right. Yeah. Yeah. A finals well team. Exactly. Yeah. The past is prime. James Worthy. AC Green, I don't know what he was doing at that point, you know, even though he still went on to play 10 more years after that. I don't even yeah. know how because he had a, a terrible series. You had people like Eldon Campbell, Tony Smith, Sam Perkins, Sam, sleepy Sam Perkins, and Perkins, <laughs> a Jordan teammate at North Carolina, by the way. Yeah. And that was a lucky shot that he hit in game one. He's not a three point shooter like that. I, right. When he hit that shot, I remember I was 15. I remember seeing that, and I was like, "Oh hell no! How did we? How did he hit that? He doesn't make." I mean, that. I was super hyped because right. I mean, winning winning a game on the road was so big, especially game one. But right. yeah, I knew for a fact, like, dude, that's not going to happen. No, nope, that was that was their best you know I mean? game in the series, and yeah. we, we both knew that. You know, talking back and forth, but your beef with this is the way they celebrated this championship and the do- how the documentary covered it as if they climbed some crazy high pinnacle to win the NBA title against a very depleted Laker team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a depleted, like, could you say almost a depleted league? Yeah. Like, let's be honest, dude. There was yeah. a lot of questions around their championships because the talent was gone. Yep. Birds gone. All the fucking, you know what I mean? Right. Everybody was kind of gone or, or really getting ready to be out the door. I mean, even Magic at that yeah. point was really pushing, you know, having to quit because of his AIDS thing and everything. Yep. So yep. it's like, and then you just look at the prior. Like, if you just go back and look at the years uh, of all the years that championships and shit, right. go look at fucking how many championships the Lakers were in. And yeah. then think to yourself on how many games they had to play to get through all that shit to get to those finals and either lose or win, regardless, you know what I mean? Right. Win or lose. But I'm just saying, like, even prior to the Bulls, they were, like, in – the last seven of the nine champ, you know, championships. So right. you got the you got the tail end of a Lakers dynasty that didn't even have the Lakers dynasty team on there. There was no Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, no Byron Scott. You know, uh, I mean, who else am I missing? Fucking here, uh, no Cooper. Nope. You know what I mean? I'm like big fucking difference. You know what I mean? I mean, you put those guys. Those just those three guys changed the complete dynamic. There was like, no yeah, tough maybe, enforcers on the Lakers at the, uh, at the during that year either. Nobody nah, that man. was, a, you know, that would like you know knock somebody down or elbow somebody to get the rebound. There, there was nobody yeah. on that team to do that. Yeah, you. I mean, and in, in a certain uh, aspect, you can almost argue that Magic was probably a better player that year because of what he took to the finals. Yeah. It's almost like when Kobe, you know, <laughs> had fucking that squad. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's kind of on the same level. Like, yeah, dude, Magic had he nobody. Will, he willed that fucking team he did. to that, you know, to get there and shit, among with other things. But it's like, I hate when people bring that fucking game up. <laughs> like, they accomplished beating the 85 Lakers and shit. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> or whatever. I'm like, no, bro, you didn't. And then after you won your championships in the 90s, you were nothing. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't do shit. And, and that's, that, that's on the Bulls. The Bulls right. didn't fucking do their due diligence to get that squad, you know, to keep, uh, keep it going. Um, but nonetheless, like it was it, that was it. You know what I mean? Like right after you guys were done, guess who picked up? Guess who picked up where you, where they left off the fucking Lakers in 2000. Get the fuck out of here. You know, I, I wish you would really just like tell it like it is P. Yeah, I don't like man. you holding back like this. It's really disappointing right. to listen to, but yeah, you know, I'm sitting there too. Like, 
I remember that entire year how bad the you know the Lakers were. Magic was tired. Magic was tired, and I'm not making mm-hmm. excuses. They were not a good team. We both said that. But the way this documentary hypes that whole championship up, and how they hype up just the whole Bulls movement, uh, it, to me it's disappointing. I want to know who wanted to beat the hell out of somebody else. I want to know who hated Michael and would go on camera and say it. I want to know. <laughs> I want to hear more from you know. I think Jerry Cross is not with us anymore. I think he's dead. Uh, yeah, 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 he's passed away. That's why. <laughs> but it's like that's why there's no right, right, right. cameos of him. Sure. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, they're all older. You know, so I'm I'm the dumb one that doesn't know. But I want to hear him talk trash. Well, the reason why I got rid yeah, of everybody in '98. Is... I ain't going. I'm not gonna lie. I would love to hear Jerry Cross at yes. this point in time be able to say the reason why I wanted to fucking get rid of Pippen is because he was fucking you know whatever. Yeah, and he said some shit to me on the bus. Yeah, or whatever, you know what I mean? Like I don't. I mean, straight up. I want that, some drama. This yeah, is what they build the it as. You know? Yeah, because I agree with you. Most of the stuff I'm watching right now, I've seen. Yeah. A dozen times. Yeah, like the you Rodman I mean? stuff, except for the Carmen Electra stuff. Spoiler alert, everybody. When when Car- Carmen Electra was in bed with him, and Michael Jordan goes to the room and pulls him <laughs> out, that was great. Like yeah, that, that was, I was entertained by that. that Carmen Electra good. hiding behind yeah. the, the couch with, with the covers on. Yeah. And, Kamikaze. And, <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you want to take a shot when you heard that? Man, I had a kamikaze in a long time. Dude, uh, I miss drinking those bad boys, man. For sure, dude. I, I, I honestly sure. think the last time I had a kamikaze was the night we got like ambushed in Tijuana, man. <laughs> 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 but then I would, I would like to party with Dennis Rodman one time in his prime. Not man. now because he's like sober. I don't know. I don't know. But but I, I think. think I can end. I, I, I would love just that in his prime when he needed a vacation <laughs> from the team. <laughs> I would have loved to hang out with him one night and just like party with him. I think that would have been a lot of fun. I could hang. I could hang. I could definitely hang. I think now I can hang at 44. And you got a lot of a lot more in the tank than I do. <laughs> Maybe it's, you know, the recent uh, divorce proceedings. I have this yeah. <laughs> extra energy. All of a sudden, I want to go out and do some stuff. You know, what do I miss out on? Come on, Dennis. Let's go. Uh, sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think when this, when all of this came out, I think like January, where they're starting to advertise this, because it was supposed to be in June, because they knew they wouldn't yes. get any ratings right now. Exactly. But a smart exactly. move, they amped it up because, oh, you know, everybody's oh, yeah. on. So it's Great smart. move. Great smart. PR move. But the person that should get the best, like, paycheck out of all this is the person that put together the damn trailer for this. Because the way they had it set up, they're micing up Magic and micing up Kobe and micing up all these people to talk about the Bulls. I'm like, man, this is going to be some serious shit going down, you know, <laughs> listening to this. Then I watched the first, well, what were we on, episode six? Right. No, we're at, uh, we or just four. have four. Okay, we watched four of them. But we have six more. I think there's six ten. Six more, yeah, it's ten total. <laughs> and I'm like... Okay, I mean, I'm gonna watch it because what the hell else am I gonna watch? Honestly, yeah, like, honestly, I'm yeah. not gonna watch anything else because I'm I miss sports, dude. I've been watching bowling. I've been watching bowling. <laughs> you know, I love bowling, anyways. And like on, uh, I think it's FS1 or something like that. They've like recorded bowling like early, and so they're into March right now. So the championships getting intense. So I'm watching that, you know, because it was recorded earlier, and I'm watching this, and I'm sitting here like. Okay. And, and a lot of it I'm spoiled because, you know, I know a lot of behind the scenes stuff just working in sports radio for many years and hearing stories from certain people. So a lot of what I heard, I knew already 
minus Carmen Electra hiding behind the couch. <laughs> you know, and she's still bad. She is still bad. Let me, let me, full disclosure. I ain't gonna lie, she did look pretty good. I was like, that's now? Bro, like, yeah. bro uh, yes. I, yeah, I, was, I, I was, used to crush on her hard, man. I thought she was so <laughs> pretty. I actually went to a Laker game when Dennis Rodman was on the team for like 10 games or whatever. I actually went to one of the games and saw her in person. And, um, man, I, I couldn't build up the courage to like, ask for a pitch or anything. But, man, she's fly. I don't give a damn what anybody say. <laughs> you know, so I could see why Dennis needed a break. But he comes back. And he's leading the punch. Like, let's go. I got I got my mental break. I could ball out. And I've always respected Dennis Rodman's um, Dude, that always play. seemed to be always the, the constant with him. It was, you know, yeah, he brought a lot of drama and a lot of shit, you know, around around your franchise, around your team. Right. But, dude, I don't think there was anybody that could outwork him. Like, no. I really don't. Like, it didn't matter what he was doing, what he was on. He was going to show you, like, in the end, I'm going to just still outwork you. I'm faster than you you know, more athletic than you. And right. people, if if anybody uh, is young and doesn't really know about Dennis Rodman's game, mm. I strongly advise you to go look yes. up old college fucking tape of him. Oh, he yeah. was a scoring machine. 26 and 14 <laughs> a game. <Dude>, he was <laughs> so unfucking stoppable. It was so crazy to think like if that guy would have give would have got with a team that focused around him and said, oh, we want goodness. that. You know what I mean? If, I, I'm curious to know what he would have ended up being. You know what I mean? He would have been of, like being such a great defender. You know? Yeah, he would have been. He would have been better been than Carl Malone if you ask me. Yeah, it would been if, real interesting, right? Man. But he he was smart because he figured there's a million scorers out there, not a million rebounders. So exactly. Uh, he focused yeah. his game on rebounding. That's and was that shows you that his IQ, his yeah. basketball IQ, was really high, higher than he got credit for. Because to come into a league and knowing <laughs> that you can put the ball in the hoop and go, you know what? I don't see anybody out here doing this, and I could have a long, probably career with it and make a lot of money. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and just focus on that and become one of the greatest ever, if not the greatest. Oh, is, yeah. is brilliant. I think that's like brilliant. Other than Bill, and it Russell. takes a lot of guts too it to does. change your game. It I does. mean, you have to seriously commit to just letting go of something you've probably been doing for you know a while. Yeah. Although he did stay start late in his life and playing ball. And yeah, shit he was like, like twenty six so, when he like graduated yeah. from college and and he went to the draft. And that's the thing. As much as people say, "Oh man, he has an ego." It takes zero, uh, zero ego to do what he did and dedicate his game to rebounding. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with reading the stat sheet in the, in the sports section every morning. Four points, 27 rebounds, three steals, four blocks. I'm like, man, that's a hell of a game. <laughs> that's, that's a all crazy defense. game. And, and, and the four <laughs> points are putbacks. You know, like, yep. man, you know, Seriously. he missed a couple and then put it back in for the hoop and got yep. his four points. So, like, I love Dennis Rodman's game. I've never had a problem with Dennis Rodman. I loved watching Dennis Rodman, except when the Pistons beat the Lakers. I, that that was the only time I hated him. <laughs> You know, but other than that, I love his game. And when he came to the Bulls, I thought it was great. But I think, you know, he, for this documentary that's, you know, all about the Bulls, wink, wink, Dennis Rodman did not get nearly enough credit. You I know? don't think so either. Uh, that's why I'm hoping, like you said, I'm hoping these next six. They better. You know, th- that they start to open up and they, and they get a little bit more team oriented and let these guys shine a little bit. Not that they really need it. I don't think they need yeah, it, yeah. but I just, I'm just really, it just really kind of made me go, what the fuck's going on? Cause I'm serious. They were promoting like, this is the Dennis Rodman, you know, yeah. too. These are all going to be like Dennis Rodman and shit about Dennis Rodman. And I'm right. like, okay, it is, but 
now it's now it's back to Mike and everything Mike did for the team and what yep. he said to Dennis and what he then did for Pippen. I was just like, this ain't about Dennis. This is just giving Dennis a little bit of shine, and then we're back to Michael Jordan. Right. With so, and, and without Dennis Rodman, they don't win championships without him. I'm sorry. I don't think so. I don't see it. Uh, I don't see it. I really don't. So so switching from that, because we're we're highly disappointed. Entertained, but is that a fair assessment? Entertained but disappointed? Uh yeah, I'd say that as of right now. As yeah. of right now, yes. I yeah. hope I hope that I'm wrong and then everyone listens to this old episode and's like, what the hell? They don't know what they're talking about. So with with all this going on with the coronavirus and whatnot, Adam Silver came out and said, I believe it's this coming up Friday, that if your city is one of the cities that's okay with it, he's opening up practice facilities throughout the NBA and players could resume working out. What's your thoughts on that, man? I, what's that say for that doesn't say shit for the season, so I can get back to working out. I mean, unless you're, unless you're putting a, a, some sort of a timeline on it, like, hey, we're going to – Start on Friday for practice facilities. We're going to give teams, you know, X amount of time um, uh, to start working out and maybe do a, a test, yeah. you know, in there and then see where we're at. And if we're there, we're going to start, you know. I mean, there's no timeline. Just to say you're opening the facilities, I think, is giving players and fans false hope. Well, he, that's 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 I, me. And, that's I agree, maybe, no. and maybe there is a timeline. They just haven't released it. And, I don't know. But see, I'm just talking on, one, on the info that right, we are currently given. Well, so, I, no, false hopes right now. Didn't mean to cut you off. Knowing Adam Silver, though, he usually has a plan. He's very, like, he, he lays out plans. He has blueprints for everything. I, I, I do agree I, with you there. Yeah. I just feel like a lot of, other than what the NFL did, <laughs> which was kind of like, I'm sorry, we're going to do it. Yeah. We're going to keep, you know, we're going to do it virtual, but we're throwing this off regardless. Um, oh, you and, know, and they didn't, I want to talk about that in a minute, but go ahead. <laughs> but I just think, like, right now I'm not seeing that from Silver. Like, he is more following the guidelines of, you know, whoever is saying it that day, whether it's the president or the CDC or the you know, whatever. He just – that's my problem with it right now. It's like at some point, since you're the fucking, you know, commissioner of such a huge uh, a company like the NBA, mm -hmm. you should be, like, asking those powers to be, I need something like – you know, you guys got to give me something or whatever so I can get people, you know, these teams back, the, everybody making money or whatever right. it is. We got, you know, all the – and I'm not talking about players. I'm right. talking about, you know, all the, the people on the outside that you don't see that are doing all the work. <clears throat> he's being very calculated with everything. Yeah. You know, he, he's not giving out a date on purpose because if he gives it out, gives people false hope, then they have well, to move it I again. Mean, yeah, I mean, a case in point, they let the facilities open. People start practicing. Let's say they do do a test after a week or two right. weeks. Boom, someone comes up positive. What do you think they're going to do? you think they're going to let com teams continue to practice? No. Probably not. They're no, going to shut, shut it, it all down, down no, again. Down. We're starting all back from square one. That's false hope. That's what I'm talking about. That's right. false hope. You're giving false hope to something that really you're not even committed to. That's how I see it. You're either you got to be committed to it, like this lady in Dallas who said, hey, fuck it, I'm opening up my salon. Because I'm about to, you know, make everybody's livelihood shit. Mm -hmm. And it's either my mortgage or my lease. And she went with her lease. You mm -hmm. know, she's being cited, but she's not backing down. She's like, they're going to have to cite me again. That, yeah. That's, to me, at least I know if I work there, I know, like, okay, I know where she stands. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, it's on, now it's on me as an employee, I guess. But I don't, that's what I don't see happening here. Gotcha. I just feel like you're saying, okay, you can go back to the facility and you can start practicing or working out. But don't think that means 
you know, yeah, we're going to be, up, right. yeah, the season's going to start. So how do you get your players mentally and physically prepared in a sense of like, we could get that call. So let's get ready. And then maybe it never happening. That's crazy to me. Well, that's kind of crazy. No, I get that. And I'm with you on that. Um, I'll, question about this. And a lot of players are for it. I think all the players are for it. Are you good with these teams playing without fans in the stands? Yeah, because I think it's showing right now. I mean, I think it's obvious everybody's fiending for some sort Absolutely. of normalcy. Absolutely. Okay, some sort of normalcy, even if it means I get to watch a live sporting event at my house and I still can't go out. That's going to give you some sort of normalcy. So right. if that's what needs to be done, I, I say I say get it done. Um, but they have to get it done very soon because right. – let you know when season kicks off in October, you know what I mean. You can't be like pushing this into late August, early September, and then give these guys only like a month off and yeah, then kicking off work. season again. It it's work. just not going to work. So it, it's got something's got to really get that. Another th- this is, goes hand in hand with open the facility. What's the plan? Are you guys going to do a you know a playoff thing like the NCAA? Or are you going to you know? I mean, what's the plan? That's that's the type of thing that I think should have kind of been laid out. And mm-hmm. like again, maybe it wasn't laid out to the public, you know what I mean? And maybe it has been laid out to teams, but well, I would just, I would just hope, I hope that is the end result with opening the facilities. Otherwise, what is the point? Here's my what thing. What is right? I agree. I think though, if they're going to open these facilities up, they have some kind of plan in place to start restart the season, or you know. Yeah, I, I, I'll agree with you there. I, I think. They do have They're not going to do this for mind. no reason. That would be foolish. Yeah. It's a waste of time. Yeah, I agree. And, and I want to hit on something else that you brought up <laughs> earlier. I want uh, All right. The NFL draft. First of all, I think they pulled it off very well, virtually. Yeah, I thought it did pretty good. <laughs> ESPN did a very good job production-wise having the cameras in all the players' homes. So, some of these girlfriends are hilarious that were, Dude, you know, sitting next to them. that was the best fucking part of <laughs> yeah, it. I'm it was, sorry. That was, it was, come on, man, seeing mommy's mom snatch up girlfriends <laughs> off there. Dude, that was the shit. <laughs> we're, we're rich. Who the hell is weird? <laughs> Get the hell out of here. He gonna mess with groupies. You, you're part of the past. We don't even want you here. That so, was the shit, Yeah, dude. so watching that, watching some of these people's homes were like, damn, did y'all even bother to vacuum? All that was great. <laughs> ESPN gets an A plus for that. Yes. Where yeah. where they lost me and pissed me off was this wide receiver's great across you know with these hot route patterns. He he has a good uh, eye hand coordination. His mother was a crackhead for fourteen years, and she finally finally got the rehab she needed. Then his dad got ran over by a car <laughs> on a bad drug deal. Like. Where the hell does that even fit into the bio of a player that just got drafted? Like, why Why you got to make it like that? And I will bring it up. It's color. You didn't see any of the white kids like, you know, well, Timothy's uh, mother was a prostitute for three years before she finally got rid of her crack habit. Come on, man. Yeah, right. That was not necessary. Everything was great. They did so well with the virtual thing, but there was no need to put, like, all this sad stuff on people's bio. I'm not. I'm not even gonna like, lie. What, what, what does that mean? I missed that part, but I, I, I know that I picked up on maybe a one or two times that they brought up something in the bio, and I was like, "What? What did it have to do with anything?" Right. But, I mean, but honestly, like seriously, we don't need to know that somebody's aunt died of the coronavirus and the uncle got shot in a bad drug deal. 
Like, I mean, I'm exaggerating some of those, but some of the yeah. bios are like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't right. care about whoever that, whatever happened to them. I mean, it's sad, but I'm sure that had nothing to do with them being out on the field, busting their ass, getting recognized, and now they're getting drafted. Like, come on, man. ESPN <laughs> dropped the ball on that. But, I, but yes, the girlfriends, you know, getting jilted and upset. You know, some of the houses look like, damn, like, did they even bother to clean up? And then the second round, because I'm feeling for sports so bad, the next night, Roger Goodell, drunk off his ass or high or something, he was like tipsy, holding the cards upside down, slouching in his <laughs> chair. And I'm like, I'll, be honest I'll be honest, I watched like the, I watched round one, and then yeah. I think I watched uh, a little bit of round two. We yeah. were like in and out of the house that day. So, but. <laughs> Oh man, if I would have caught any of that, like picked up on that, that dude, I, I was like, this fool is legit holding the card to announce uh, the the draft pick. I think Upside that would have been awesome. Yeah, that would have been just like straight up like Ron Burgundy, it you know, uh, or seriously. whatever. Seriously, and he's slouching <laughs> in his chair. He, he's like just chilling, like extra relaxed. I mean, I know you're announcing second and third round players, bro, but damn, if I'm getting called. With the 114th pick of the NFL draft, Chargers select Jake Warner, offensive tackle, maybe. Like, damn, man, I can't get no love like, you know, everybody else. Like, (laughs) But I found that funny, and I think they pulled it off well, minus those few things I beefed about. I thought that was – I didn't think that was too bad at all. It wasn't. (laughs) Here, here's a question for you, Yes, please. Here's a question for you. Okay. (laughs) How do you feel – about during the Chargers pick that only a certain amount of TV. Okay. <laughs> Look. There were only a few people decided to get on. All right. First of all, I'm going to say this out loud. I knew every single person in all those squares. Legit have relationships with all of them. And everybody's digging them, but it happened to the Chiefs. It happened to the Did Raiders. It? it happened to oh, the Niners. Yeah. I honestly only picked up on the fucking Chargers. Then- I was like. And, I was and, like, what the fuck, dude? The Chargers ain't even got uh, a full fucking TV of and, fucking fans, dude. And, I'm like, give me a break. See, and, and, and I, you know how many people hit me up with that photo? Texting me, tagging me in their um, Instagram and Facebook posts. And I'm like, first of all, le- legit, I knew everybody in those squares. But, <laughs> I believe it. But it's like, <laughs> but yeah, it was embarrassing, but people made way too big a deal about uh, it. Yes, it was funny. I got to laugh. How do you feel about the pick? I love the pick. I think you like I, Herbert. I, absolutely, Herbert. You know, I think did not get as much love as he deserved. I mean, he's in the Pac-10, so a lot of people don't cover it like the Big Ten or you know anybody in the East Coast or any of those powerhouse um, divisions. But uh, we got a good deal. We got a good deal. And the last great quarterback to come from Oregon that we got was. Um, the guy that's no longer on CBS. I won't even say his name because he, he's such a hater. But he's a Hall of Famer, Dan Fouts, yes. But I think the Chargers, you know, they need somebody of that caliber. We we needed a quarterback badly. And, oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. And, you got to look for the, the next. Right. And Tyrod Taylor is not going to lead anybody to a no. Super Bowl. No. Not even a toilet bowl. I mean, this guy is good, not great. And so Herbert, I think, can, you know, just learn while he's on the bench. Yeah, I think they Pick definitely need to yeah. redshirt him. I would not. Absolutely. I don't care. Even if if even if Tyrod got hurt, right. I would hope that they have someone that's going to come in first before they have to throw in Herbert. I, I think he needs to redshirt and just get his mechanics down. Right. Because uh, to me, 
I mean, he's got looks like he's got good legs. That's already a plus in my book because I want to see somebody get out of the fucking pocket. Yes. When they when they feel pressure, I'm over watching our quarterback just crouch down into <laughs> a ball. I'm gonna and get hit. hit. Gives a yeah, you know position I mean? before he feels all the impact. So, um, yes. and he looks like he's got a pretty good, a, a strong arm. They said he's a yep. really smart kid. You yep. know, from what I he what I read and what motor. they were talking about. <laughs> um, but. I, I saw what they were uh, questioning, which was all his plays were like calculated last year, the yeah. way they were drawn up. And so his reaction time and if he's got to hit a hole and stuff like that is still questionable. And I think that's where a year just sitting on the sidelines working that and getting used to the game, the speed of the game mm-hmm. and everything will probably benefit him then to try to get him in midseason, you know, because of an injury or throw him in right away. I just don't think it's going to work for him. My My worry is – we are talking about the fucking Spanos family. We're going into a new fucking, you know, a, a right. new uh, arena and shit. Mm-hmm. So it, more pressure to get that kid on the fucking field immediately since he's going to probably be kind of the face of the franchise, you know, yep. if he ends up being anywhere near, you know, a good. So that that's the downside of it. And I, I don't I hope that doesn't happen because I think they could probably count, you know, be a, a really good team you know, the next five years if they take it slow with him right. and just bring him on, you know, yep. slowly. So I, I agree a hundred percent. I do. So yeah, with that being said, you know, I think football will start on time. That's my feeling about it. It looks that way. It looks that right. way, but, but I think there's still going to, you know, it's still going to be some issues. I, I don't, yeah. I don't see how any, we're going to get around it, man. It's just, it's either you got to lift these fucking shit and let everybody get back and just start dealing with, you know, certain repercussions, uh, you know, or, or, or go, or maybe just flip it a little bit and start quarantining the sick and quarantine yep. the people that are, you know, have a comorbidity and stuff like that. Quarantine those and let the healthy and the people who are, you know, don't seem to have any symptoms and shit, get back to work and right. let's just see what happens at this point. You know what I mean? I mean, this is, this is asinine. It's just, it, nothing <laughs> makes sense anymore. What seemed like a good eye fucking deal in the beginning <laughs> is no longer a good idea, people. I'm sorry. I don't care how you want to fucking spin it. <laughs> it's not a good idea anymore. And I'm almost getting the the feel from some individuals who bitch and complain about the people who are out protesting, okay, uh-huh. and are like, oh, this and that, and these people, that and the other. It's like, do you even want to go back to work? Sounds like you're willing to sit on your fucking ass and just continue to collect a stimulus check you know what i mean before you even want to go back to work you're bitching at people that want to go back to work (laughs) like i don't understand that part like this is the crazy part about it you're letting seriously this fear of stuff cloud your judgment on people who are just wanting to you know uh provide for their families that Mm -hmm. that that is makes no sense to me whatsoever that you would that anybody would think like that my man never minces words, my man Peter. Never. Last never. question, Last question, brother. <laughs> and I love that about you. First thing you're going to do once all this is over. Go to Vegas. My man. We going or what? Are you- I mean, I know there's going to be little things I'm going to do, <laughs> but like probably like as soon no, as like everything, a, no, you know, big one big thing. Yeah, I, I'm, we're, yeah somehow, someway, the, the Vegas trip is happening and we're getting back out. The, we're getting out to Vegas. I'm, I'm with that. I'm with that. So, well, I mean, I'm inviting myself. Maybe you talk about your family. I mean, we got Joe, we have Joe's family. We have Joe's family out there that mm-hmm. we definitely want to go right. see, especially during the summertime and everything. And then we got tons of boys out there too. A bunch of friends out there. We do that. I haven't seen in a really long time, and I would love to 
to see them as well. So well, that, once, that's really my goal. Okay. Well, once Vegas is open and you don't take the fan bam, um, <laughs> we should go. <laughs> no, it's happening. I told you. All right. We already had it planned, and this thing fucking threw a monkey yes, wrench in the bitch. So yes, it did. It messed it up. But we're we, gonna get that back on track yeah, real quick. This is gonna be the trip of a lifetime. So yeah. Well, Peter. As always, thank you so much for coming on the Big Brother Jake podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, always. Love feels, it. Yeah, it feels good to have you back on, man. And for you sure. Know, and uh we'll we'll keep doing this bad boy, man. Awesome. Appreciate it, man. Always. Everybody stay safe. God bless. Hello, everybody. You listening to my daddy, Big Brother Jake. This is the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Bye everybody. The homie P Dub pulls no punches, no apologies. You know what I'm saying, my man? We're we're uh, he's gonna have his own podcast soon. We're working on some stuff. You watch, my man. He's gonna dominate the airwaves, and eventually he's gonna take over. And I won't be able to do a podcast no more because uh, he's dope, and you know he's fun to listen to. He's a good listener, and I thank him for coming on again. But we had to talk about the the last dance. It's the only sports we have to look forward to. So that's why we talked, and of course, you know, he, he does feel strong about what's going on with this whole pandemic. So, with all that being said, so glad that you guys tuned in. Um, I, I have some parting words before I uh, end this podcast, as we land this plane, as I say, at the beginning of every episode, or end of ep- every episode. Don't mind me, man, it's medication. <laughs> I do my best work delirious. I got to... Once again, shout out all the children in the world right now. It was one of those days where wanted to go outside and go to the pool, wanted to go to Disneyland, wanted to visit friends and have a backyard barbecue. All things we could not do because of what's going on. And if you have children like mine, they don't complain. Of course, they voice their frustration. And they voice their disappointment with not being able to do things and see people. And, you know, so they're using, like, FaceTime to to meet up with their friends. um, And so they could see each other at least face-to-face, whether it's, you know, through a phone or whatever. The kids are the ones that are going through it and... At least mine. They had the knowledge. Even my four-year-old, my little baby girl, like Daddy, the Cabona virus <laughs> won't let me play with my friends at school. I can't go to school because of the Cabona virus. Yeah, I know, baby, and I'm sorry. And that's all I could really do is say sorry. And when she asks why, and I tell her, you know, it's it, it can really hurt you. You can get really sick. Well, I'd rather stay home and not be sick, Daddy, and see my friends when we're not worried about being sick I'm like my god i'm so blessed to have a baby like this but my girls they're doing their best to not complain and they're going through it and they're riding you know riding hard through this thing and so to all you kids if you're listening if your parents are cool enough to li- let you listen to one dope ass podcast like mine i applaud you i applaud all of you all of you you guys are amazing you're good kids and parents, applaud yourselves because whether you're working from home, 
working from home and you know you're a student you know or like you're just holding down the house you got to hold down the little people and help them with their school lessons and be their friend at times and be their support and be their strength you got to give up a piece of your strength to be their strength because they don't see you behind closed doors like damn i'm worn out or you know some people don't have the opportunity to decompress they just got to keep going and going and going and going see i'm just so excited at you know just going and going and going and keep pushing through so parents you're doing a damn good job. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Because you're dealing with your children not being able to do the things they're used to doing. And to the kids, your moms and dads are working their butts off to make sure they're doing the best they can for you through this. It's not easy. But this is something that mom and dad are going through. We've never gone through this before. So we're both going through it together. And that's what I tell my kids. We're both going through this together together. This is uncharted territory for both of us. So we're both learning how to deal with something of this magnitude. And they learn something from me, and they see some of my vulnerabilities, and they see some of my strengths, and likewise. And I think, if anything, this pandemic has really made me closer to my children. And they realize how precious life is, and the things we get to do, we're so grateful for it. And I want to take, you know, time to thank all the parents, you know, for working their butts off to keep normalcy in your house. It's hard to do. Now, if I owned a pool in a backyard instead of an apartment where I'm renting, then, you know, a lot of things would be solved because my kids are water babies. I love to swim, love to do all that. And I don't have that option for them. So it makes it even harder when I have them, of course. So I love you kids, man. All you babies out there. And all you seniors and everybody missing graduations and school promotions and kids that finally got that first job while they're in high school and then they had to give it up. Like, that's not easy. So I shout all of y'all out. Trust me. It's a struggle for everyone, everybody. But we're all going to get through this. You watch. And again, like I said, I will not turn down an invite. I'll even help you set up the party and clean up the party. <laughs> as long as I'm invited, I'm fine. All right? So, again, thank you for tuning in to the Big Brother Jake podcast. Uh, next week or next episode, whichever comes first, um, I have <laughs> quarantine confessions. A lot of them have come in, and I'm reading through them. And some of them scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> like y'all living like that but i am nobody to judge and it makes great entertainment so i'm hoping that you know if you if you have a quarantine confession and you want you want it read on the air i won't say names i'll keep you private unless you want your name out there send it to the big brother jake podcast at gmail.com or you can hit me in the dm at big brother jake or at the big brother jake podcast on instagram so another show in the books Thank you for tuning in. And next week, we're going to do it again. Sorry for the absence. Sorry to the people I love. I'm sorry. But I love y'all and I hope you love me. Until next week, I'll say to y'all, hold on. <clears throat> Deuces. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. 